Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Closing it out on today's episode of Inside Black and Gold. I think it's time to start talking about it. You know, I say that, but we did talk about it after the game. So we're talking about it again. And it's, you know, what are the odds for Chris Olave to actually finish off a Rookie of the Year campaign and win that award? He is actually currently number three in the betting odds. Can you name the two players in front of him, Steve? I'd have to go from the... The Titans running, uh, not the Titans running back, uh, Damian Pierce. He's one of them. Yep. Whew. It's not going to be the Falcons receiver, huh? No, no, he's not. He's, he's nowhere near it. Um, and I know it's not dim, 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 Garrett Wilson. No, he is on the list, but he's pretty far down. Time's yeah, up. Is, <laughs> is Kenneth Walker running back Seattle Seahawks? He is currently the top. Odds getter at minus 140. Damian Pierce is plus 400. Chris Olave is plus 600. And those are really the top three candidates. And I think the list after them is pretty, is are are long shots, right? So you have Christian Watson, the Packers wide receiver, who's been really coming on lately. Um, He's plus 1400. Isaiah Pacheco, who was a rookie running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, who had a 100-yard game um, this past week. But he's got a long way to go. Yeah, he's got a long way to go before before he's really in this conversation. Kenny Pickett is the top quarterback. So anytime yeah. you have a quarterback, that's a lot of times that is going to give you give them a much better chance, right? Like Kyler Murray won. Uh, he really didn't have that great of a season, but a solid rookie quarterback season is usually far above a really good what rookie wide receiver or rookie running back. There is no rookie quarterback this year that you really care about. Because there are no good rookie quarterbacks, and Kenny Pickett kind of sucks. So that's really a wide-open race beyond that. The guy, I think, is a dark horse here. If you wanted to to to, to really throw a dart with a potential, is uh, George Pickens. He's plus 5,000 right now. But, you know, they traded away Chase Claypool. So there's, a, there's an opportunity for him to really feast over the last, you know, eight games of this season. And he has had a solid year to this point he's got 33 catches for 453 yards and two touchdowns but you know if he if he really goes big time over the last five six games he could come out and i mean you're getting plus five thousand odds but i do think that chris Olave. i think we talked about this after the game the biggest thing he needs to do and the saints need to do is win a few games so that the attention is on him 
late in the season because there's a chance and you're playing for something. If the, if your last four games are are played in obscurity with with no meaningful um you know playoff consideration whatsoever, you're not winning rookie of the year. It's the same reason I don't think Damian Pierce is going to really have a chance because no one's going to be watching Texans games, right? Like right. Uh, and no one's going to come away be, unless you have him in fantasy. No one's going to be like, oh, yeah, that 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 game was fun to watch because of Damian Pierce. You know, they're going to turn it off and go watch something else. So that's why I kind of think he he has a rough go of it. But he has been good, right? Like he's played in 10 games. He has 175 rushes, 780 yards, three touchdowns, 24 catches for 135 yards. Kenneth Walker, he has been really impressive. I think Brees Hall was also on this list prior to his injury. Sure. And Kenneth Walker, you know, he's come on late, right? He was stuck behind Rashad Penny for the first half of this season. Rashad Penny's season ended in New Orleans with that injury. Kenneth Walker, 121 attempts, 587 yards. He's averaging just under five yards a carry, seven touchdowns. And there have been a lot of long touchdowns. Like he has a 74-yard touchdown. I want to say he had a 68-yard touchdown against the Saints, right? So he has had multiple 50 plus yard touchdown runs <laughs> and so that's that's the type of like you look at a highlight reel going for rookie of the year that's that's gonna win you an award if you can keep that up yeah like you said uh, Olave hopefully playing in more meaningful games coming up and the fact that too they got to get him into the end zone a little more just scored his third touchdown of the year this last game I think it was also his third 100 yard receiving game I'd be more concerned though of getting him more of those end zone looks well, you got to hit him on big plays, right? Like yeah. whether they end in the end zone or not, he needs to be more involved in chunk plays downfield. I think that is something that he has, you know, he's kind of fallen down in the rookie of the year ladder. And it's it's happened since they made the shift from Jameis Winston to Andy Dalton because mm. what you lose in that shift is the downfield passing attack. You really haven't seen it much with Andy Dalton in there, but – the last few weeks, I think you've gotten a little bit more involved with Jarvis Landry back. I think there's the ability to get him more involved downfield because you can you can use Jarvis underneath, and that is where he thrives. But yeah, I mean, 51 catches, 760 yards, three touchdowns like that. Those are some serious numbers on a team where you know the last five six weeks you haven't really had anyone else to deal with. Obviously, Jarvis is back now, and he was incorporated. He caught a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I mean. He is on pace to break the Saints franchise record for uh, rookie wide receiving yards. And Set by? Mike Thomas, right? <laughs> I think it's a little over 1,200. I'd have to look it up. But he's well on his way to that. And, I mean, so Mike Thomas, Marcus Colston, both guys that had really, really successful, spectacular rookie seasons in New Orleans. And he is on pace to beat that. So that's, you know, that kind of tells you just how good he's been. Can't guard Chris. I think you need a different nickname. I know, um, I know. But all right, let's go through some more, some more Saints, some Saints futures props to see if you you would bet on any of them. Saints makes playoffs to get yes is plus seven hundred, no is minus twelve hundred. <laughs> the the problem is so this is it's kind of weird because Saints to win division is plus a thousand, but you know the Saints aren't making the playoffs as a wild card. Exactly. So realistically speaking, if you were going to bet this, you would never bet. Saints to make playoffs and lose, you know, the percentage that you would lose when you just say Saints to win division, because that's really the only route they have. No, I, I totally agree. And uh, hopefully they can catch up with Tampa, who is now, I think, two games ahead of them. 
Uh, one thing, you know what I'm just remembering we didn't mention either? The New York football giants have signed Nick Vanette to their practice squad. Did they? Yes. Yeah, I saw he was uh, he was out there. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, reliable blocking tight ends are not exciting until you don't have one. Yeah, we yeah we've talked about that for sure, right? And that's yeah. exactly what Nivette, Nick Nivette does well. Besides, I, I always said too, it's unfortunate he doesn't do didn't do much with the Saints just because he was such a good locker room interview. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see if the Saints tried to keep him around. I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, or the Giants were like, well, we have an opportunity for you to actually play. And <laughs> right. Nick was like, okay. Because, you know, the Saints, you know, they they might have signed him to their practice squad, but you know, he would probably have stayed on the practice squad. The Giants are out there trying to play guys named Lawrence Cager at tight end. And I've never even heard of the players that they're playing at tight end. Like even in college, I'd never heard of these players. So like that, he's going to have a chance. He's going to get on the field for them. So get good for him. You know, he, he, he's been... Very much uh, just a guy in the room for the Saints this year. Yeah, definitely not really utilized. And, you know, I, I think like you mentioned, it's not re- really uh, easy to find a good blocking tight end and you don't know what you have until you miss it kind of thing. But he wasn't he wasn't seeing any opportunities here with guys. And he had no know, opportunity to work into a role. No, like, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and he's probably going to get into the playoffs. So, Honestly, that might have been part of the decision too. Yeah, I know that was probably part of Latavius Murray's thinking. But now look what look at Denver right now. Not to say that the, that the yeah, Giants are in that situation at all. Latavius is going to be the starting running back there. I know now that Melvin Gordon's out. Yeah, they released Melvin Gordon and uh, Chase Edmonds traded there from Miami, and he's he's dealing with an injury. So Latavius, you know, he might not be in the playoffs, but he's going to get a chance to be the starting running back in Denver for the rest of the season. So you can't argue with that decision either. Um, back to the odds here. Saints t- to win the NFC plus 6,000. You know, if you're confident and you want to lay a $10 bet on uh Saints to win the NFC, you could win $600. <laughs> that that just seems like throwing money away, honestly. I don't even know if that math is right. I just did it in my head, but it sounds right. Because a hundred, because it's plus six thousand to you know bet a hundred to win six thousand. So I'm pretty sure ten would be six hundred. Saints to win the Super Bowl. What do you think it is, Steve? Who that's got to be like two hundred to one odds. Hundred and fifty to one, actually. Okay, I was close. So if you bet one dollar on the Saints to win the Super Bowl, not even you, just to make it, it, you have to win it. And they did, yeah. <laughs> you would you would win $150. I wonder what it is just to make the Super Bowl. No, I mean, they to win the conference. That's the same thing. Oh, yeah, there you go. Duh. Yeah. So plus six, so six, 60 to one odds, yeah. Anyway, so those are the odds. If you, uh, if you feel like throwing money away, that's, 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 the type of, uh, that's the type of action you can get. Saints wins. They are still surprisingly over under six and a half. What do you think? Hmm, I'm, I'm going to say... The over six and a half, I would take still. Yeah, I still have, I still have hope. I, I still have a little bit of confidence in this team. I don't know why. Maybe there's a little bit of homerism or, or just being delirious. But I, I think they can get over six and a half wins. Yeah, I mean, I think they beat the Falcons and I think they beat the Panthers. Right, like those are wins you should get, and those are teams that now you know Kyle Pitts is out for the year. You know. I think by the time you get to week 15, which is confirmed to be a Saturday game, as I reported earlier, 
you know, they might be, they might be completely in the tank. You know, I don't think they will be actively tanking. They're not going to throw a mat, throw a game, but you know, I don't think they're going to be going all in either. And the Panthers in the same way. So like those should be two wins. So that would get you to six. And it's really a question of, can you win another game? Can you beat the 49ers, the Browns, the Bucks, the Eggles? Bang? No. Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. That I right. said Eggles. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They said Bengals. <laughs> um, so that's. Yeah. That, that game in Cleveland on Christmas is interesting to me just because um, I'm curious to see what's going to be the Deshaun Watson show coming I, I you know he hasn't been in football forever and i don't think that's going to be the old cure-all over there either no but it'll be interesting because this is the week he gets to come back against the texans so what do you uh, know right how, how fitting yeah but i mean we've seen you know everyone acts like oh you get that quarterback and all of a sudden everything is fixed but look at the broncos you know you know that was one in the beginning of the year everybody kept talking about they're a quarterback away, and I I really never saw it with that roster, like, from the get. No, they should be a quarterback away. That, no, that, that is a good roster. That is a good offense. It just wasn't like, oh, Russell Wilson's coming, boom, Super Bowl. I just I just never believed that, honestly. I just don't think that Russell Wilson is this kind of one-size-fits-all quarterback that can make it work in whatever offense he shows up in. I think that the Seahawks were tailored around his skill set, and they knew how to they, – they were they were good with him. And he was good with them. And that's, you know, I don't think every quarterback can just switch systems and, and retain that level of success. And that's what you saw. And you've seen that come true in Denver. You know, he's a small quarterback. He can't see over the line, right? Like, like that's not a normal thing. Like, that is rare. Like, you, like for every Drew Brees, you know, you, you end up with, you know, five Doug Fluties. Well, yeah, we're seeing Pete Carroll is still able to win without Russell. Uh, Bill Belichick having a bit of a difficult time without a Tom Brady. We'll see what happens with Sean Payton when he comes back, if he's able to win without Drew. It'd be curious to see, you know, go back in the space-time continuum in an alternate universe and see if Drew Brees happened to leave the Saints and go on somewhere else. Would he have had success without Sean Payton running the show? Well, I get I hear all the time about how they almost drafted Pat Mahomes. So right. that's kind of exactly. your, your your inverse reality situation where and I think it is interesting to think about because so if they draft Pat Mahomes I don't think he starts as a rookie I think you do kind of the same thing that the, that the Chiefs did right but you know Smith. after that 2019 season you got to move on yeah I mean I think that's probably where you know the Vikings were making a run at Drew Brees and maybe you say okay good luck you know we're gonna go with Pat and then so what is what does Drew do out in Minnesota with that really good roster you know that would have been interesting, but you'll never in you'll never find out. No, it's like uh you know the what if game, obviously woulda coulda shoulda or whatever you want to say. It's just interesting to think about, obviously, because you know you hear about a player making a coach or a coach making a player, and you know it's it's very interesting right now to see Bill Belichick struggling so much. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I think you see it with with Bill, you see it with Mike Tomlin, right? Sure. When you. When you suddenly don't have that quarterback anymore, life gets a lot more difficult. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Seattle situation is rare. And I still, I'm still not sold on Seattle. Like everyone, like I think they're what, six and four? Yeah. And they're off this week. Cause yeah, cause they played in Germany. They played Tampa in Germany. Uh, you know, I'm not sold on that team. Like I think there's a real possibility where they finished the season eight and nine, nine and eight. 
and they're, they're, they're looking up at the 49ers at the end of it. Like that 49ers are the best team in that division. And Definitely the Seahawks agree. defense is not as good as it has looked. I mean, we, we saw the Saints tear them apart. Yeah, and it's just amazing to me that Geno's been able – I've been waiting for the Geno Smith to fall off a cliff, and he's really performed well. He didn't look good against the Bucks. No. And you kind of saw him revert to that, like, you know, turnover prone, not making decisions fast enough, you know, trying to do too much, Geno. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe you're going to see a lot more of that. And I do think to some extent that team has been – just winning games in spite of itself. Like that defense is not good. Tariq Wollin is a good rookie, but yeah, I mean, so, so I'm not, I'm not going to give the Seahawks like the, Oh, they, they managed to survive without Russ benefit of the doubt yet. They have to finish this season. A six and four start is great, but they have to finish in the playoffs before I count that. And there are still a lot of losses left uh, on that schedule if they don't do it the right way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking their next three games. Raiders, Rams, Carolina. Oof. Yeah. So maybe they will win. <laughs> but, but after that, maybe there they aren't got as many nine- losses on that schedule as I thought. <laughs> but after after that, they got Niners and Chiefs. So that's rough. And then they close with Jets, Rams. Yeah, but I mean, if all if all they do is beat the four teams that are bad on that yeah. schedule, then they make the playoffs at ten and six, ten and seven. So yeah, maybe maybe there aren't as many losses on that schedule left as I thought. No, um, yeah, the tough, like I said, toughest ones, definitely Niners and Chiefs. But yeah, I mean, four and three is a 10 win season. And that's kind of the, uh, to me, that's the benchmark is either you're, either you, you're, you're bad or you win 10 games. <laughs> that's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> like if you win, go nine and eight, you're not a good team. You win 10 games, like, okay, fine. Right. Yeah. You got to be two games above, above 500 there. Well, I mean, that, t- to me, 10 wins guarantees you a playoff spot with, with, with the expanded playoffs. You know, there's only so many 10-win teams, right? Like, it's just that the math works, especially in this season where there's a lot of down teams. One thing I, I said last week was, you know, it's wild how few good teams there are. Like, not great yes. teams, not 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 incredible teams, not like odds-on Super Bowl bets. Like, just teams that don't go out week in and week out and give you, like, these bafflingly inconsistent results, right? Like, like the Giants, like that's not a good team, but they're seven and three. They went out and lost to the Lions this week. They're right. they're they're signing Nick Vanette because their starting tight end is named Lawrence Cager. Like that's not a good team. Kenny Galladay doesn't even play for them because he just doesn't feel like it. They had to ship out Kadarius Tony, a first round pick from two years ago, who immediately catches a touchdown with the Chiefs. Just but now he's immediately like, hurt again. Yeah, like they're just trying to get rid of all the Gettleman guys, which is like fine. That's a good idea in my opinion. But like that's not a good team. But they're one of the top end teams. Like the Eagle, like how many g- good teams are there? So like Eagles, Chiefs, Ravens. Well, even even the Eagles, you know, they've been falling back to earth the last two games. Just that that eek, they eked out a win against the Colts, and they had their uh, you know their perfect season snapped as well. So there's some you know reality check for them. Minnesota has I don't know I don't know if to, if I can believe in them or not. I don't believe in Minnesota. I believe uh, I'm, I'm definitely more concerned games. with the 49ers after seeing them last on Monday night. Yeah. Minnesota's eight and two. Philadelphia's nine and one. Dolphins of Bills are seven and three. Chiefs are eight and two. Ravens are seven Cowboys and three. Believer. Titans are seven and three, and the Titans aren't good. Anyway. There's just it, and just in general, and I think I've made this comment before too. It's like 
there really hasn't been good football this season either. I mean, I was a treat to watch that Sunday night game, at least between the Chiefs and Chargers, but a lot of games really haven't even been entertaining. It is it is funny, too, because the AFC East and the NFC East, all four teams are above 500. Yeah. And then in the NFC South, all four teams are sub are 500 or worse. So, yeah. And, and I know it's we've gotten tired of saying the Saints are still mathematically in it, but when you see just the Falcons at five and six, and then the Bucks at five and five, with games still to play against them, obviously <laughs> there's still a chance, as 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 they say, you know, and what was it, Dumb and Dumber. You know, so you mean there's still a chance? Well, yeah. So you're there, telling there me is. there's a chance. I'm not even going to talk about the Falcons. It's the Bucks and the Saints. Right. Like the Falcons, they're just, they're, all they're doing is ruining their draft pick. Like this is not a team that has a chance. Uh, like if Arthur Smith gets credit, like they have been much better than they should have been. But like, that's not a team that even wants to win this year. <laughs> like, right. I, I was so aggravated. The Bears couldn't pull off that victory last week. But it doesn't even matter. Like, get them out of the picture. Like, Falcons and the Panthers just need to go to sleep and hibernate, and then come back next year with their with the quarterback they draft, <laughs> and then we can talk about whether they can win or not. I'm so tired of hearing about whether it's Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or PJ Walker. They're all bad, right? Anyway, okay. I'm just I'm surprised too with the just in the Falcons. They're not giving Desmond Ritter more run. I I think that with young quarterbacks, and I think Arthur Smith is actively aware of this and trying to make sure it happens. Is you don't have to play a rookie quarterback. If they're not ready. Yeah. And if you play them too soon and they lose all their confidence on a bad team, that's not good either. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't see this like, oh, we desperately need to see Desmond Ritter so that we can tell if he's good or bad or not. Like the team knows. And I don't know, like the last couple of games of the season when you are out of it and there's a lot, a lot less pressure on it. I think that's when, like once they are eliminated from the playoffs, I think you'll see Desmond Ritter and they'll say, okay, we're going to see what happens here but they're not going to send him out there so that his first experience in the NFL can be eliminating the Falcons from the playoffs. Oh, understood. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like Eli Manning sat behind Kurt Warner for like the first 10 games of his rookie season. Like for number one pick in the NFL, he didn't start right away. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, like there's a much bigger track record of good quarterbacks not playing in their rookie season than there is like guys who you threw right into the fire and are great right away, especially outside of the first round. Like Russell Wilson is probably like the entire list. Yeah. I'm trying to think of one right now. Like mid-round quarterbacks. Like, no, they, they, they don't happen. Um, But yeah, anyway, even, I was going to say Herbert, but he didn't start right away. He didn't, but even, and he was a first rounder. That was Tyrod Taylor. And then they punctured his lung. Yeah, they yeah they they stabbed him in the in the lung to to get Justin Herbert in there. And maybe maybe someone's got to do that to Mariota. Maybe that'll get Herbert in, or Desmond Ritter in the game. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Inside black and gold. Stabbing lungs since <laughs> since 2022. All right, that's gonna wrap up for this episode that was rambling and all over the place. And hopefully you got something out of it. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWE Little Sports Producer. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Steve Geller at Steve Geller WWL. He hangs out on the sidelines for Saints games. He has a good time doing it. Always fun. Hanging out. Talking Saints. Let's do it again. Who that? Hopefully not Sam Frank.